Welcome to At Work in America, sponsored by Paychex. At Work in America digs in behind the headlines and trends to the stories of real people making a difference in the world of work. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Bowes and Trish Steed. Welcome back to the Outwork in America show. We have a great show today. We will be talking to Megan Conroy from Capture Proof about the benefits of utilizing technology to help with the care of aging family members. Honestly, like myself, Trish, how are you today? I might need that care sooner than I was. I'm great, first of all. Good to hear you. And yeah, I was thinking as you were saying that, I'm thinking like, how am I going to plan and care for Steve Bowes as he gets older? This right here is going to help us out. I got a very, I got a very impassioned pitch from AARP in the mail yesterday for me to sign up. And uh, are you of it, age? I heard it was I don't fifty. Want to talk about Is that. it fifty? No one wants know. to talk about that. I think I'm me. of age as well. So before we That's welcome Megan to the show. show, Trish. I want to thank our friends at Paychex, of course. This episode of At Work in America is sponsored by Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. After years of being in survival mode amidst the global pandemic, HR leaders have been challenged to get back to business, ushering in the era of the dynamic workplace. In our seventh annual Pulse of HR report, find out how these leaders are optimizing the work experience, regardless of where it's done, addressing widening generational gaps, like the one on this show, and increasing productivity, <laughs> not just for their employees, but also themselves. Visit paychecks.com slash A-W-I-A to check it out today. And thank you. I'm making fun of myself here, but Trisha, this is not, this topic is not a laughing matter at all. We can laugh at me for the remainder of the show. That's fine. But this is an important topic. And let's, let's welcome our guest, Megan Conroy. She's an award-winning digital health entrepreneur with a background in sales and marketing at Abbott and J&J and degrees in physiology and digital photography. Megan founded Capture Proof, the clinical photo and video platform for medicine. Her many awards include Accenture's Health Tech Top Innovator and the Most Disruptive Medical Entrepreneurship and Disruption Award. Megan holds five patents, that's five more than I have, and has extensive experience in IP development in the digital health sector. Megan, how are you today? I'm really great. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited to speak with you both. Yes, it has been a topic that's been, as Steve said, no laughing matter. We are both of the age where we're seeing that that's very important, both personally, but also professionally. We're hearing more and more business leaders who are talking about this topic. And we recently did a show with someone who came on and, and just sort of introduced the topic. So it's perfect timing to kind of dig in and learn, okay, now that we're all sort of aware of this, what do we do? What What is available for us from a technology standpoint to help the people who are dealing with this um, particular challenge deal with it, right? So very excited to have you on today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Megan, I'd love to hear like some of the backstory. Like, did you, did you wake up one day and decide, you know what, uh, you know, my parents are getting older or I'm dealing with these issues myself or... Was it something you saw just in the greater community that you felt like, boy, we could we could use some better tools to help manage these these challenges? I um, 
you know, I came at Capture Proof on a windy road. And I like to say that Capture Proof found me, that I didn't find it. But um, the, the truth of the matter is I am a problem solver. I love puzzles. I love figuring things out. And um, if there's anything that's broken in our current society, we can all just agree that healthcare is right there. So there's an enormous problem. And I, I feel very fortuitous because I are fortunate really, because I have the opportunity to take the two things I'm most curious about physiology and the fact that we heal as humans, like the fact that we can have a cut and it becomes real skin again is, I mean, it's magic. It's fascinating. It's, it's really an amazing thing that we do for ourselves. And then I'm a visual storyteller. And so I took my two degrees of these very disparate sciences and both kind of sciencey arts, if you will, and have had the luxury of putting them together. And I think what you've said early on and um, what's really important to me with Capture Proof is Capture Proof is a tool and it is not a product. We have created a tool that similar to the stethoscope in medicine that can be used to listen to the heart or to listen to the lungs. Capture Proof can help a patient capture proof of anything that happens to be going on with them, either in the home or in the doctor's appointment in order to have an accurate health record. And so, you know, one of the things that we're talking about is the application of our balance scan, which is an AI um, driven uh, modality on capture proof that allows us to watch a patient get up out of a chair walk 10 feet, turn around and sit down. And we pull out a nine page report on how stable that person is, how quickly they're walking, how quickly they're turning, rising, sitting, and also how stable each of their joint pairs are in that process. And what that allows to happen is it, it has a power when you're looking at something and you actually see this evidence to remove the emotion and put objectivity into a conversation. And with physicians, that's important. And with, as you're caregiving, you don't want to be a nag, but you want to help. And, you know, we, we want to give you a tool to help identify when there is a problem and give you a tool to watch over time to, um, to identify, maybe there's not a problem yet, but we can do something to make this an even better situation for ourselves. Thank you for Megan. sharing the background, uh, Megan. One of the things I would just say, if you're listening to this episode, please go check out Capture Proof's website because one of the things I found most exciting was seeing some of the videos on how this tool actually works and how it does capture. So it's not just even capturing a video. There, there are those AI components where you can see what a doctor might see, right? The measurements and how things are moving, right? A according to how they're supposed to be moving maybe. I wonder if you could talk about some of the benefits of, of having a tool like this available, because I would imagine most people listening are familiar maybe at least with having a, a telehealth appointment with a physician. You know, during COVID, that's certainly become even more prominent or with a shortage maybe in healthcare providers. I had my first telehealth appointment not too long ago. I was super intimidated, but I loved it, right? But this takes it to the next level in terms of, like you said, like a stethoscope is a tool. Could you talk about maybe some of the benefits and are you finding that patients are more comfortable even doing this from like a home setting? 
Yeah, there's a couple of things there. So one of the major aspects is this is an, it's a beautiful adjunct to a typical telehealth visit. Um, but it's also a beautiful adjunct to an in-person visit because not all of your symptoms actually show up with you to the doctor's appointment. We've all gone to the doctor and been like, I swear to God, until this morning, X, Y, and Z was happening. And now I'm fine. Right. <laughs> and they're right. like, well, just come back when it happens again. And you're like, great, I'll get another appointment in seven and a half months. See you then. You know, so having the opportunity to take any sort of visual documentation of these symptoms that happen not on demand. Um, but also having the opportunity, we like to call it kind of like health homework and this companion tool, especially with, um, with dermatologists, we have one of the leading dermatologists in the nation. He used to be the president of the American telemedicine association, and he's on board with capture proof and his system takes in photos. It's not that he can't get photos, but because capture proof actually asks for specific things from the patient, we actually take your simple camera on your smartphone, whether you're on Android or iOS, and we actually put the doctor's prescription for those images that they wanna see that we like to call decisionable data. So get the doctor what they need to actually decide what the next steps of care are. So with Capture Proof, you can either be prescribed or you can go in on your own and start tracking the same thing over time because medicine is a study of patterns and we help you watch a pattern to see how it's deviating from your own personal norm, opening up the doors for personalized medicine like never before. And then we have a comparative organization tool that is kind of like before and after images on steroids, if you will. So very easily you can click a button and it'll put your top as your very first and your bottom as your very last. And you simply swipe between the two and can actually see how the progress is going. But so can your doctor, because this ability that we have to open and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and look for photos doesn't work in a doctor's appointment. Doctors don't have time. And then, you know, on top of that, we look at what kind of smarts can we get out of this? What can we delineate out of that visual information that looks at the patterns and what patterns are interesting? And so in 2D images, we look at color, texture, sizing. We're actually looking at the symmetry of the face for some palsies that are happening after this mass vaccine rollout. It's a known side effect to vaccinations to have uh, a Bell's palsy. And then falls is an enormous thing. It's the leading cause of accidental deaths of our elderly. And elderly gets younger each year for me. It's over 65 is in this number for, uh, for the CDC for the falls. We have 3 million emergency visits that happened due to this in 2020. And as a nation, we're spending $50 billion a year on falls. And it does not lead to a graceful, um, a graceful passing, which is what we're all hoping for, at least I think. And so what we're able to do is we're able to let, you know, a, a young woman or a young man whose parent is aging have an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm just going to go to balancescan.com. I'm going to sign up. We're going to get you a virtual set up, you're going to do this scan. And then we're going to know, do we need to take this report to your doctor? Do we need to talk about a walker? Does she need to get her eyes checked because she can't see her feet anymore? Whatever it might be. And it just allows for a graceful opening to a very challenging conversation in order um, 
in order to, to get the best of care for everybody. You know, when someone falls and somebody ends up in breaks a hip, that recovery time, it's not just impacting the person whose hip is broken. And, um, and there's no one wants to be a burden to anybody, but like you said, it's hard when you do not have the tools to know what to do in order to get the best. Megan, thank you for that. That's very enlightening. And I was thinking about it, uh, when you talked about the, uh, diagnostic, I don't diagnostic is the right term, but like when we have the person, Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can tell. I, I'm getting older now. I don't know the right words anymore. I am, I am forgetting words more often than, than I'd like to remember. But like the, decision support. Yeah. So so that's Sorry. kind of the, you can kind of take some of the guesswork out of, like, it's easy. I've, I know I've been in these conversations where people sit around and say, boy, mom's not moving around as good as she used to. And that's, sort of speculative or it's it's certainly an opinion right it's not necessarily based in fact or indeed maybe mom or dad or whatever whoever we're talking about is really struggling to keep their balance and get up and sit down effectively but it seems like this can offer real effective and uh, demonstrable kind of uh, tools right as you said to help us not just guess at that but also and it leads me to the question I want to ask you too, which this can be super challenging, I would imagine. And, and maybe Trish, you can speak to this too, because you're living some of this, where parents especially don't want to hear some of this stuff. Like they don't want to hear, hey, you might need some assistance. Hey, maybe you shouldn't be driving any longer or whatever the, whatever the particular circumstance would be. Is, is there some ways that you've discovered in working with both people and or, you know, organizations that use these, this tool, Megan, to help sort of start these conversations or, or at least make them a little bit less challenging with, with older, older. Yeah. I mean, I can't make the challenging conversations all that less challenging. They're intimidating to start and, you know, courage to everyone to, to sit down and, and start them. One of the things that I find though, is within that challenging conversation, it's, it's kind of this, let's do this thing and get some information. And so you're not necessarily suggesting, and you could, both parties can do this thing. It doesn't have to just be one person who does it, the younger and older, the partner and spouse, the, the two parties, you do need a second person to run the scan at home. So you can both do it. And, you know, and anecdotally, there is a, a woman that has been scanned. She was, she's now 81 years old. She was first scanned when she was 79. She was at risk. Her tug time was over 13. Um, you're supposed to be under 12. And she took a balance class and then has um, started to do Tai Chi two and three times a week. And her most recent tug was under 11. She was at 10.9. And so the thing is, it's not a sentence of, of perpetual demise. Mm-hmm. It allowed, and you know, she's 81. She was 79 when she started that process and she's 81 now and she's walking better than she was walking at 79. And so this isn't just a, a, they used to call neurology diagnose adios. Like they would tell you what you got and then they would send you away because they didn't have any sort of medication to fix you. 
And this isn't that experience. This is sort of a, an opening to a conversation of here's your status. And is that the status that we want? Is that getting us to where we want to be in three, five, 10 years? And if not, you know, is a balanced class. And the CDC has an amazing website around fall risk and an amazing support around um, how to find balanced classes. And um, going into your doctor's office, they're supposed to be doing a fall risk analysis on everyone who's over 65. But you know, they'll watch you walk and they'll just kind of make their decision. And so the other thing that it does open up is maybe there's not a problem right now. And maybe what we can do with balance scan on capture proof is we can help people have conversations before they become uncomfortable. And so that it's just something that's within the culture of your family, that you're all going to be curious about everybody's status. And this allows you to be curious in a very structured manner. I love the examples you're giving, Megan, because as I'm thinking of it, I know someone close to me, actually, who recently broke a hip uh, within the last year. So that I've been sort of watching that process play out with, with this person's children, grown children. And one of the things I think that I've noticed is that the person doesn't, the, the elderly person doesn't feel like they have any control. I almost, as you're talking about this, I'm almost feeling like, it is a difficult conversation, but you're actually giving control back to the person who is over 65, right? Because they can monitor their own health progression. And whether that's as your example, where the person's actually doing some, some things to make that better, or maybe they're not, but it does feel like it puts some ownership back on the patient instead of just having your grown children coming in and telling you what to do. Do you do you hear that at all? Or is that a consideration that comes from the, the patients? Yeah, without a doubt. I think it's a consideration that comes, especially from the, the, um, the care partners, we like to call them, or the children or, and, you know, we also have had patients who sadly have told us their doctor finally believed them wow. when they were able to use the capture proof platform and actually have the proof of the rep repetition, you know, doctors, doctors are meta, they're scientists and, and there's a reason they, they make the decisions they make They're they're taught the Socratic method. It's, you know, it's very important that they do the science that they do. Um, but obviously no one is perfect and, um, everyone has to have a repeated event in order for that event to be scientifically viable. So you can have a seizure and not be epileptic because you haven't had a second seizure. So you've had a weird seizure, but until you have that second seizure, you will not be put into that bucket of epilepsy. Um, and so, you know, we end up with a lot of wait and see visits and with the, this disjuncture of, of the delivery of care and how tight it is to get that um, we have we have challenges fully telling our stories. And so what we do want to do, and if you distill down capture proof to its most, most concentrated level, um, it's not necessarily what will get us the big bucks, but it does give us the karma is capture proof really is a patient empowerment tool that helps the patient best tell their story. We are the photo and video album of medicine. And we do exactly what you were taught in kindergarten when you had to bring that thing in and you had to talk about it. 
which I still remember because I was petrified and, um, you know, have this opportunity of showing and telling whatever's going on with that power. And COVID was amazing for us because COVID sort of broke open these crystal walls that exist around these health systems. And each doctor was like, oh yeah, other doctors can do that, but my patients need to see me. And it's like, no, your patients need you to see them and they need you to see what's important about them. Megan, I just want to come back to a couple of, you mentioned a couple of statistics here and I have some here in the notes as well. And I feel like just for me, and I'll bet other people maybe have felt this way too. We don't think about some of the things we're discussing like falls and and joints and hips and knees and things like that. Maybe non-fatal injuries, just but injuries caused by falls. For some reason, I probably hadn't thought about them really ever or all that much because we tend to think of, bigger, scarier sounding things, right? In the medical field, like cancer and certainly sure. COVID. And, and and those are terrible things and have all their own challenges as well, right? That that folks uh, are dealing with too. But um, this combination though, of the population aging, quite frankly, and, and a lot of people retiring yeah. and getting older, plus the prevalence of these slip and fall or fall injuries Combined with that, this is a, actually quite a larger problem across the board than I perhaps most people think. Certainly, I never thought about it before. It's one of the top three reasons that um, patients over 65 go to the emergency department in the U.S. And um, like top three reasons. So, um, and it's, like I said, the leading cause of accidental death. It's just, we don't have a seatbelt to go walk around with. And you know, some of us might need that seatbelt depending on how we're doing this. And it's one of these things where without the tool and without the evidence of the information, it's hard to know what to do with it. But once you have the tool and you can see, okay, I'm at a 14, I'm close. Let's go, let's go after this. Let me get to 12. Let me put the effort in or I'm at a 16 and I'm not close. So I'm going to just have to really pay attention every time I go and choose not to try to race to the bathroom or to run over this, or maybe I have to pick up the rugs off of the floors now and not have as many things around. So it's a variety of, a, a variety of aspects of avenues that can lead you into what's best for you. And there's no one size fits all for, you know, the way that this is going to go, but what it does is it empowers with information that's actionable and it empowers you with a, a printable printout that you can take to the doctor and say, I mean, should we be talking about this? Like, what is your opinion here? So what we try to do is give the tools, not to put it onto the pit the parent, the children of the parents, or even the parents themselves, but give the tool to the patient to then go to their expert and say, what do you suggest? What do I do? Thank you. Um, in follow-up to that, Megan, I'm thinking, you know, you've, you've talked a lot about how this is something that whether I'm the, the care partner for an elderly person, or maybe it is the person themselves who's, who's maybe, interacting with this tool, right, and going to the doctor. Is there also, uh, you know, sort of a cohort of physicians or other types of, you know, of care 
providers who you work with that, that come to you and say, how can I get this in the hands of my patients? Does it kind of go both ways or is this primarily a consumer type uh, tool? No, in fact, we're mostly physician pushed to the patients as opposed to the consumer pushed up to the patient. The fall and the balance is really one of the first aspects that we're trying to get the word out because it's such an enormous, it's such an enormous issue and challenge for so many. And we have this very simple tool to help that. But right now we have a lot of neurosurgeons that are getting a hold of us. Um, and they, we are watching everything from little fingers move to the thumbs. Um, it's not on our website right now, but um, we do have the pictures on our website of people bending and standing and walking and on balance scan. And I, I think you're right. I mean, it's so cool to see you watch it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just from a cell phone. Like mm-hmm. we started in 2012 and we barely had a cell phone with like four megapixel pictures in it. So we're <laughs> We're finally doing what I thought we would be doing in like 18 months of when we started. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we are heavily pushed from the provider down into the patient's hands. Um, It was one of the challenges when we started is to not be seen as spam. But now, you know, the tool is powerful enough and validated enough in order to um, have consumers come in and, and move it on themselves without a physician. I was going to say as a follow-up, I'm thinking from a workplace standpoint, as, as a benefit almost, are you hearing yet from employers who are coming to you saying, we would love to make this available for our employees so that maybe it is that more, as you mentioned earlier, like sort of a proactive way to, to track your own, um, whether it is the, the way you walk or, or, you know, fall prevention or whatever, you know, you're, you're wanting to look at. Is this something that an employer could come in and say, we would love to give this to our employees over a certain age to sort of track yeah. and know. All of them a lot. Exactly. See, we call it see and know. Um, so we have, we have not worked with employers, but we would love to. And so if there are employers listening and you want to give this as a benefit, please reach out to me more yeah. than happy to work with you. And, you know, and, Consumers themselves can just go to balancescan.com, which is a co-site of Capture Proof, and there's an area there right to um, sign up, and we'll have someone reach out and walk them through how to do this so that it's not intimidating. There's a there's support in order to get it to go and um, help them get their first scan up there and see how that works for them. Yeah, I would think employers would want to do this. We're we're in that mode of, I mean, Steve, you know this. We're we're constantly trying to retain workers. We know that workers who are have been with us potentially for a long time are retiring. Um, this would be a you know, and, and we kind of focus in on like new hires, giving them really great benefits, right? But I think we need to focus on just not just the baby boomers, but Gen X, right? As we're aging ourselves. And so I just love this idea of proactively giving something back to your aging employee population to help show you care, right? That's one of the things employers always want to do is like show you care about the employee. So what a, yeah. what a great way, right? Yeah, you mentioned we, we've been talking about caregiving, right? A little bit on the show. We've done a couple of shows about it. And I think that's another angle here for employers to consider both maybe older employees themselves, but as well, that huge sweet spot now that's that's really becoming mm. more prevalent and, and becoming a more acute issue in organizations is employees really feeling that 
caregiving squeeze, both at the, maybe they still have children, maybe still have children at home, maybe, you know, dealing with teenagers, which is another set of challenges. But, um, and then certainly perhaps uh, parents who are getting up in years and retired and need more um, care and more, uh, more, you know, just more directed kind of care from employees. And and that's part of a big part of what we talked about last time. But uh, uh, Megan, I want to ask just the, the last question for me is, is we can't talk about any topic at all. <laughs> no matter what industry it is, without talking a little bit about technology and AI, especially, right? So this is a technology solution or a technology tool right? I'm learning. It's a tool uh, to, to help. Um, it, are there ways that the technology itself, you mentioned you started this in 2012, the smartphone technology was pretty poor compared to what it is now. How has the the tools themselves developed over the years and, and, and what's kind of happening there? Oh, yeah. I mean, AI is having a spotlight, isn't it? Just um, the moment is now, uh, which is really nice because it's that's also shattering the kind of crystal walls we had around that of the fear that was embedded with it. And I think there's a lot more openness. You know, the most limited resource we have in medicine, no matter what way we slice it with technology, with AI, with all of it is doctor's time. And so what it is about right now is the fact that we have to figure out a way to make more out of the time that these physicians have. And even for these employers that you're talking about, decoupling care from time and location allows me to make sure I'm there at the 930 meeting. I'm not trying to drive my mom to the doctor's appointment or in the car while I'm doing it, driving my mom to the doctor's appointment kind of thing. Um, but with AI itself, you know, I think that's an amazing tool. I'm fascinated by the precipice that we stand on and looking at what the opportunities are and what we will embark on with having the ability to make two and two equal 17 without even understanding um, anything in the black box of why. And I don't know that it matters that we understand within the black box why. In the past, just the past few years, you know, open source AI and training, um, training data has become more ubiquitous and hopefully people will continue to put effort into uh, having that modality of training data be as, uh, as diverse as possible. We um, get as many men, women, children, colored skins colored hairs, all of it into these kinds of situations so that we don't have an, or have as few bias as possible um, as we continue to create. But I find us to be in an extraordinarily creative moment and a really exciting time when we do not yet know what AI is unlocking for us. Um, but I remain optimistic that it's going to be something very wonderful. Well, I'm I'm so grateful that you came on today. I mean, honestly, there are so many just layers and layers to this onion. I, I feel like we could talk all day about it. One of the one of the things I want to point out too, though, is that you know from the very beginning of the conversation, and you were talking about you know sort of your background and what your degrees are in. 
I think that we, um, those of us who have maybe teenagers or, or just younger workers in the workforce who aren't sure how to use the degrees they have, I, I think that you're a really good example of how you can take two very different things and marry that together into, into creating a job that did not exist, I'm sure, when you went to school. Right. No. And so I, I love, I just love to point out examples of, of that because I feel like, especially having my son is here at the University of Utah today going through orientation himself. And, you know, we're, we're talking about degrees and what careers come from that. I always tell him, you don't even know about the jobs that you're going to be doing. They're not created yet. Right. So I really appreciate everything you're doing, but also the fact that you've sort of meshed two very different types of uh, areas of study together to solve a problem that's really going to impact so many people. I've been given the biggest luxury that I was allowed to be curious. And I think if you can pass on the luxury to your children to allow them to be curious, they'll do really cool things too. Love that. Great advice. Megan, this was really interesting and fun as well. We made fun of me at the beginning, or at least I made fun of me, which is also always fun. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I don't know you well enough yet. Maybe next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> we need a before and after on me. That's for sure. We need a, For the next walking, show, we need talking, a scan. Trying to, right? trying to assemble sentences in, in the correct order. All of it, probably. <laughs> um so the website's captureproof.com mentioned, and you also mentioned balance scan. Is that balancescan.com as well, Megan? It folks sure can is. go there. Yeah. If folks want to sign up for a balance, a free balance scan, they can go right over to balancescan.com and just put in their information and someone from the capture proof team will reach out and help them out. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. I, I'm probably not quite ready to need to try that yet. I still move around pretty good, but Trish, I imagine lots of listeners would have someone either themselves or someone in their life that perhaps this is a really good idea to, to check out and, and maybe maybe do this and, and have that start that conversation, right, with, with a relative perhaps. Yeah. No, Steve, I think too, it is good. I mean, we're both over 50. I like the idea of having a baseline, right, that I could come back to. And because I don't know, I know that I hear that as women go through menopause, for example, that we start having a fall risk even earlier than men. And um, it comes on so gradually, you just don't notice sometimes until until you fall and lose your independence. I I lecture my parents on that. Please don't fall because you'll lose your independence. Get off that ladder. Get off that step stool, right? Um, so I, I would say that I would also just really encourage our listeners who are, are handling the benefits for your organization or working with your talent acquisition team. I would highly recommend considering this because as someone who's administered benefits for an organization in my career, that was always something we were thinking of. How can we actually cut down on medical costs that we as the employer are responsible for? My goodness, falls, it's such a huge number and it's a very costly thing to have happen. And that's just one element that- Yeah, and I'm, I'm convinced because I believe with, everybody right? sees the world the way I do. I'm convinced people don't realize how big an issue this is. It's it, unless it happens to them maybe in their own personal life or with a relative. This right. is a, I, Trish, that's a great point. I think for, yeah. for folks who are in HR and benefits administration, leadership, consider cetera, this tool. Think about, think about how much in claims you guys are spending both uh, uh, on this or potentially on this, or just the impact to existing employees, right? Who are dealing with their, their caregiving responsibilities that we've talked about now on, on the show a couple of times. So, all right, enough. I think we've made our case here. We want folks to go check out Capture Proof. I'm Balance Scan. Megan, so nice to meet you. Thank you for taking some time with us today. 
Thank you so much to both of you. It was a real pleasure to be here. Awesome. All right, Trish, great, great stuff. Thank you for joining us. I know you're super busy on the road once again. Uh, thanks to our friends at Paychecks, of course. And thanks for listening. Go to hrhappyhour.net for all the show archives. We will see you next time. And bye for now.